You're listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. Hosted by Rev Yearwood, Mustafa Santiago Ali, and me, Antonique Smith. Each week, we host important conversations with innovators, policymakers, cultural influencers, and movement leaders who are leading the way to a 100% clean energy and just world. are listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. I am Rev Yearwood, President and CEO of the Hip Hop Caucus. And I'm Mustafa Santiago Ali, Senior Vice President of the Hip Hop Caucus. Welcome to our radio show and podcast that delivers real talk on climate change and environmental justice. No sides, just the facts and stronger communities. First and foremost, I want to thank um, all of our family here at WPFW um, and definitely some of our partners out there like the League of Conservation Voters and the Union of Concerned Scientists and so many more in the movement. Yeah, and you can check out our show uh, and our blog at think100.info. Let me say that again for folks because you don't want to miss it, think100.info. And be sure also to follow us online at think100show and also hashtag think100. Send in your questions, your comments uh, to that. We will be monitoring that to make sure that we're getting that to our guests and also helping to guide us with our show. And uh, Rev, take it from there. Yes, indeed. Well, Mustafa, we have a special guest in the studio, y'all. For, for those who know, I have a, an array of hats today. I try to get a, a, a connection. I have a, the, a Brooklyn Dodgers hat. So that's, a, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a little bit from the, from the East Coast to the West Coast, as they would say. Uh, uh, and today we have an amazing leader uh, joining us here in the studio, Congresswoman Nanette Berrigan. She represents California's 44th district, which is in South Central L.A. She has an amazing background as a leader at the local level, including fighting fossil fuel development, hurting her community. Now she's in the United States Congress, taking bold action to address environmental injustices and act on climate change. For example, last year she started the United, the United for Climate and Environmental Justice Congressional Task Force, along with our other good friends like Representative McEachin, who was on our first show. And so with that, Congressman, welcome to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. Well, thank you for having me. And that's a beautiful hat you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, no doubt, no doubt. Congresswoman, we want to, again, thank you so much for being here. We also want to congratulate you. Yes, on, indeed. Uh, on getting a 97, 97 on the League of Conservation Voters uh, new Community First report. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the League of Conservation Voters uh, actually pulls together each year and sort of analyzes those members of Congress and the work that they're doing uh, in relation to climate and environmental justice and other environmental issues and actually holding people accountable by putting a spotlight on their voting record and so you got an A so we're very very proud to have you here with us well thank you next year we'll make sure it's at 100 percent there it is missed a vote and didn't know as a freshman member that you're supposed to put a statement into the record to say how you would have voted so now, now I know there it is there it is Rev well, well Congressman you know you have an amazing background including working in the Clinton White House uh, 
yeah. um, at NWCP. Actually, I was a Clinton White House intern for those who... Really? When? Man, I was... I, I, I'm a date myself now, <laughs> You know what I mean? Go ahead, tell the truth. Tell the truth. No, 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 no. But I was, was there in 98. Well, I wasn't. I was in the first term. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was the intern, so I, I was there uh, uh, in that capacity. Actually, is a funny story with that. We had to get into at some point in time with with that process um, at the White House. But you've also been working with the NWCP as a local mayor. And for people who don't know you, um, particularly around those who might not, who might not be on um, on the East Coast, fill them in on your background a little bit. So I'm the youngest of 11 kids. Wow. Um, my parents. Yeah, I was the last accident. My, <laughs> my dad was 59 years old when I was born. Uh -huh. So you know I was the last accident. Um, and they were, my parents were immigrants from Mexico. And so mm. my mom had a third grade education. I grew up in the Carson Harbor Gateway area, not too far from Compton and Watts, where I represent now. And, uh, you know, my mom always said to aim high. And she said, doctor or lawyer, that's the only way you're going to get out of poverty. And I see blood and I want to pass out. So I went to law school. There it is. And so it's always been about fighting for injustices and fighting so that we have justice and equality. Just want to say that my, my mama, who I always mention on this show, on the frequent, she is also one of 11 as well. Oh, nice. Yes, indeed. I don't think she was the last one, though. She's like, <laughs> I think, number three or four there. So she comes from those big families and, and like you, came, they were, she's from uh, Trinidad, came to this country the same way. My parents came here, and so it's amazing for us, those who, parents who came here, but then also, like, you know, love this country and want to do so much work. Right. For make, make, it, make it better. Yeah. Uh, Congresswoman, um, you know, you are a huge champion for environmental justice. You know, I, I love watching your work. I love seeing your commitment in this space. Um, and you're just taking Capitol Hill by storm. Um, coming from Los Angeles and the communities that you represent, can you share with our listeners sort of what got you engaged around environmental justice issues? Was it something that you saw, something you experienced? Sort of just take them down that road. Well, my district is one of the most heavily polluted districts in the country. It's surrounded by three freeways and the port. And actually, when I was a kid, my father had a home right next to the freeway. And as a kid, I thought, this is a great place to have a home because you can conveniently get on and off the freeway mm -hmm. and you would get places faster. But of course, over time, I started to learn about air pollution and the truck traffic and diesel and how it really impacts air pollution and then I understood why I had allergies and why mm. people in my family had asthma. Mm -hmm. And so I started to make the connection. And for me, once I started to make that connection, said, we need to do something about this. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I was in college, I got involved. Um, I used to work for... And what, and what college did you go to? I went to UCLA undergrad. Okay, okay. And then USC for law, the best of both worlds. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so I, um, I, got, I was working with a nonprofit. Uh, and so... I was uh, convincing our um, president to help fund um, organizations that were fighting against climate change or fighting to clean up the environment. And that's when I first got started um, on the environmental issues. And then when I ran for city council, we had an oil company that was trying to drill into the California coastline. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is crazy. Now, people told me then, you don't know which way the wind is blowing. Why would you take a position on this issue? before you know it's politically a good idea. And that's when I said, that is what is wrong with politics. That's right. 
We have to stand up for what's right. Mm -hmm. And this was wrong. And so I, I took a position early, and uh, the voters rewarded me. And I came and, first. And for folks who don't know California, and for, and for those who are listening from California, tell them, because they may think, hold on, uh, oil, offshore, and California? And so explain to them how actually... The fossil fuel with the oil rigs that are out there, you can see them in people's backyards. Kind of give them a little background on how much the fossil fuel industry is in California. Well, it's actually pretty huge, and a lot of people don't realize this, as you mentioned. So in my congressional district, there are a ton of oil drilling um, facilities and refineries. Hmm. And so you could literally go to Wilmington where kids um, have inhalers, where doctors' offices pile them up because they are waiting for the kids to come to get inhalers. It is so sad. Mm. And you can walk around in Wilmington and you can see a playground and right next door the oil drilling facility. Or you can go to people's backyards. No, 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 no. You don't mean like next door. You don't mean like you don't mean like next. You mean like like about ten miles away. No, like right next door. As a matter of fact, we introduced a bill that said there should be at least fifteen hundred feet between an oil drilling well and a residential home. <laughs> now, where did I get 1,500 feet? I looked at Dallas, Texas, and I said, well, they know just a little bit about drilling in Dallas, mm -hmm. and that's a regulation they have, and I thought it would be easy to get to middle ground with people on both sides of the aisle and saying, hey, this is an oil capital. That's what they use. Why don't we use these in our, in our neighborhoods? There shouldn't be urban oil drilling, and we can't even get that moved. So it's insane when you see it. When I was fighting oil drilling um, off the California coastline, they were actually going to drill within 500, 600 feet of where I lived. And then it was going to be slant drilling out into the ocean, into the Santa Monica Bay. Mm -hmm. And that's when I said, absolutely not. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight. And we did. And the voters overwhelmingly said, not here, not now. And now what do we have? A president who wants to open up the California coastline. Yeah. I often, I often wonder... Um, if most folks or our president knows that 25 million people in our country have asthma, 7 million kids have asthma, um, and I know you've been huge in helping to fight and some of the issues you're talking about now. Can you talk a little bit about you know, how that plays out in African-American and Latino communities and, and, and the work that you're doing? Mm -hmm. Well, you're seeing, I think, uh, this activity of the fossil fuel industry targets communities of color because they're lower income, they're less likely to be able to come and mobilize and speak out. And so it's happening right in my backyard, in our community. I represent a district that is about 86% African American and Latino combined. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's no surprise, I think, to see that there is a real fight there um, and that People tell me when I knock on doors, they say, well, that's why we elected you, for you to be the voice. And I say, well, we need to have our communities mobilize. And so it has been a very uh, disheartening to see uh, people say, well, there's not enough political outcry. But what, what we have to do and what I love about your show is making sure we're educating people about the harms and tying the health impacts that their children and their families are facing uh, because if I go talk about climate change in Compton and Watts, I don't get the same response as though if I say this is connected to being a public health crisis. Mm -hmm. Your child's asthma, the increase in cancer rates, that's happening because of air pollution, and then explain 
what climate change is. And sometimes that's a little challenging to do, but everybody cares about the health of their children, and that's when they really pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I know folks miss, first of all, for those who are just tuning in, welcome to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. We have here in the studio Congresswoman Barragan, and if you just heard, she's straight out of Compton. Straight out. Come on now, come on now. <laughs> out of Compton and Watts, you know, so she's like the real G now, you know. So when she's going on, you know, she's one of the fighters on our side. When she says she's taking on uh, all Offshore drilling and taking on those oil rigs next to school uh, yards, you know that she's going to take it on. There's, there's no fear there when you come out of Compton and, and Watts. It's, so, first of all, thank you for, for that. And in that spirit, you know, we have these young people mm-hmm. who clearly young people are saying, listen, we have to transition. Matter of fact, today is the one month anniversary when, you know, hundreds of thousands of young people came into D.C for the March for Our Lives, right. when they came here on March 24th. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a shame because, as I've said before, when you have, in the 20th century, you have folks who are fighting for equality. Mm-hmm. But now you have young folks fighting for existence. How do we build and carry that young people's energy forward? Well, first of all, we have to listen to young people. And for too long, uh, people in politics have said, well, they don't vote. And they don't listen to them. And so our young people are starting a movement. And as we see and have seen in history, it's been young people who start movements, who change the world and who change our lives. And so we have to pay attention to them, and we really have to make sure they do get out and vote so that their voices are amplified. And there are so many issues, whether it's gun violence um, in Compton today. Um, there is brown water coming out of the faucets. Hmm. Brown water. We're holding a town hall on this next week on May 2nd because, and the news even came in and they showed, they ran the and, water. And where? For those warm. folks, we got folks in, in Compton. Compton. Tell, them, tell them where. We got folks listening, I know, in Compton right now. So on May 2nd, it'll be on our website as well, George Washington's School. Um, it'll be in the evening and we'll post it. It should be up already. And so we are trying to bring a community together to give them a venue to come and be heard mm-hmm. and then we're trying to bring in panelists who are going to hopefully help answer some questions and see what we can do because it is unacceptable when there's brown water coming out and they're told oh that's safe to drink who's going to drink brown water mm-hmm. and then give it to your kids mm-hmm. and then to see it on television with the news vans come out and report on this there's got to be action there has to be action and what I hear that really frustrates me is well not enough people are 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 having an outcry about it and I said that's not how this works everybody should be entitled to clean air and clean water so we're hoping uh, to shed some light on this and see if we can get some movement on this um, tomorrow Keith Ellison is introducing a bill called the water act that's designed to exactly address things like this we'll put uh, about 35 billion dollars a year I think into water infrastructure and we just cannot take the excuse anymore that it's the pipes because you know what in Beverly Hills and in Malibu they won't allow that to happen why are we going to let that happen in Compton and Watts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it sounds very very familiar Um, the same thing started in Flint Michigan as well you know a mother and others noticing the water quality and saying wait a minute something's not right here this doesn't look right doesn't 
tastes right. Um, so I'm so glad that you guys are, are focusing on that. Um, you know, as I travel around the country, I often talk about the Climate Justice Environmental Justice Task Force um, that you helped start. Um, can you share with folks a little bit about that and how that plays into sort of the strategy and addressing these issues in our communities? So my colleagues who helped start this with me were all freshmen <laughs> and we're all people of color. And we were talking about how communities of color are disproportionately impacted by climate and pollution. And so we decided to start this task force to shed light on some of these issues. And we recently have been talking about possibly doing field hearings, going around the country to these communities so that they could have a voice to shed light on this. And what we really need is we need people engaged and mobilized. A lot of people don't know what to do. They don't know who to call or, frankly, they're working two jobs. They're living below the poverty line, and they can't. So we would love to go out and mobilize people, even if it's a letter-writing campaign, calling people, um, to making sure that they're aware of what is going on in the environment and how it impacts them so they can be the messengers as well. And so my colleagues and I have come together to introduce bills. Hopefully we can get these field hearings done. But this is just the start of the conversation. Well, I just wanted to send that, you know, because when you are from Compton and Watts, and that's your district, shout out to the 44th. Uh, Thank you. West Coast capital of hip hop and rap, right? Well, I do. Well, 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 well now you know where I was going to. I, you know, I, you, you are on the coolest show on climate change, um, and so we want to give a shout out to one of your, one of your residents there. You know, the amazing Kendrick Lamar, who actually won a Pulitzer Prize, um, and then also Kamasi. I don't know if you know mm -hmm. the amazing Kamasi, who actually has a song called Trouble in the Water with Common on our People's Coming Music, right. which deals with Flint. And so how do we utilize culture? Because you mentioned something like we're having these town halls. We have, we have a serious condition where people have brown water mm -hmm. coming out of their faucets. Literally, we got to decide if I'm going to get my child this water, make some tea. and this, It ain't tea. Right. <laughs> it's brown water. And we have a situation where folks with this administration who want to continue to push for fossil fuels, how can we use culture? How, how can those amazing artists who come out of Compton, like a Kamasi or like a, a, a Ken Lamar and like so many other artists, um, those in, in the West Coast from Rage and those old school right. and that aspect, how do we use culture from your perspective to create change? Well, I certainly think it would be a great way to engage our young people if we have um, people like Kendrick Lamar who are willing to maybe write songs about some of this, uh, maybe host um, a concert, maybe just come out and be do an appearance at one of these events where people want to, they have somebody they can relate to, right? When you listen to his songs, mm -hmm. um, there's one in particular called Fear. It talks about fear that communities of color face when mm -hmm. they go out, right? And so people relate to that in different spheres and in, in different um different ways and so i think it's super super important that uh, we get them involved and engaged in the conversation to bring in young people to bring in different people who otherwise might not be the activists um who are out there on the front lines on the environment 
Excellent. Well, we just want to thank you so much for being here. You are incredibly dope. I am so blessed that you are on <laughs> Capitol Hill fighting along with so many others for our communities and that you actually really care. Um, and for those who are listening, you know, sometimes we have uh, the folks who we see, um, but they're not connected to our communities. This is a congressperson uh, who is so connected to our communities and, and, and walks the walk uh, just like the talk the talk so we really really appreciate you thank you and come out to visit me in compton and watch sometime most definitely and with you we want to thank you congresswoman person barragon uh she was amazing she was fantastic and you, and you you've seen her work up, up close and with the actually real quick that easy ej task force tell us some more about that so people just can know what that is it's so important especially at this time to have a place on capitol hill where you can engage where you can share your experiences where you can learn about the pieces of legislation that are moving forward to protect our community so I, i'm really really proud of this freshman class rev if you think about for those of you who follow sports if you think about the fab five back at the university of michigan and how they stepped up to you know to, to really just take the country by storm you have the same thing happening now on Capitol Hill, where you have folks who are coming from our communities, representing our communities, uh, who are helping to make sure that environmental justice is integrated uh, into the work that's happening, that the education is happening for members and staffers and others, so that we can begin to really build a stronger foundation and make change happen. That's so important. So today actually marks the four-year mark of the Flint water crisis. And... Um, I, I just want to say that that's a shame. Let me just say that off the top. Let me just, and many people who know, if you're tuning in, you're listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change with me, I'm Rev Ewan, and that's Mustafa Ali, who you just heard. And, but the, this is, this four year mark for, is a shame. This, for folks who don't know, it's, it's about that, you know, we made, and I say we, because it's about America, um, and the governor of in Michigan, and those decided to, because of quote-unquote financial reasons, to change to the water um, in Flint so that it would go to pipes and cause lead and cause poisoning. And I say this now because I can't bring back, but there we, we now know that there are mothers in Flint, who ha have had stillborn babies. Uh, we now know that there have been people, children who have had rashes. We know that where there's been there's elderly who have died. Um, and, you know, it, it is, it's a shame because when I think about the pipes, and, I, you know, when I think about people who, when the bombing that just took place, that we could have took a portion of the money that went into the bombing and actually could have changed these pipes. And so let me just say this off the bat, that this show, you know, is not about Republican or Democrat. It's about humanity. So off the bat, let me just say that if you can calculate four years, that means four years didn't start with Trump. It went back to President Obama. So this is not about, you know, what it was happening with Democrats who were in office or President Obama or this what happened. Oh, we all mad at Trump. It's all on Trump. No, nah, it's not about that. This is about literally us deciding that there are people in this country who we don't think uh, are worth it. 
And it's a shame. And we got to change that. And, I, and I, if you hear my anger, if you're listening, I am mad. And this shout out to Little Miss Flint and shout out to all those out in Flint and Re Pastor Hawkins and all those who've been fighting along the way. But it doesn't make no sense. The fact that this now I will make it current though because we do have an EPA administrator right now who 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 doesn't care about the, the pollution it is more about the polluters so you know we need to boot Pruitt Scott Pruitt uh, uh, and head of EPA right now we need to get folks I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat I don't care if you're independent whatever you may be you should be upset to make sure that people who are in Flint have clean water it shouldn't we are here five years later than something is. Is wrong and you know just to add just a tiny bit to what you're saying Rev just to sort of illuminate for folks the challenges that are still existing in Flint Michigan you know we have over a million kids in our country who unfortunately have been poisoned from lead um, and we have an administration who's been cutting budgets and programs that have a distinct responsibility for addressing that issue and helping to strengthen communities and you know the other dynamic Rev is that recently the state of Michigan decided to stop providing bottled water uh, to the community. You know, they had already been pulling back in other ways that folks were able to get water. Um, and we all know that, you know, water equates to life. That's right. And if you do not have clean Living water, with then you know the, how the situation plays out. So we really got to address these issues. But, you know, there are always lights at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Uh, some of you out there may know that the Goldman Prize uh, announcements are now out. Now, for those of you who may not know the history of the Goldman Prize, it started in 1969, um, uh, 1989, excuse me, and it actually highlights uh, internationally and domestically those environmental justice leaders, those environmental leaders who are making change. Uh, and this platform allows them to be able to share with the country and with the world, the work that they're doing, and to get that recognition. Think about the Oscars for the environment, if you will. And one of those individuals is Leanne Walters. Leanne was a stay-at-home mom, uh, four kids, uh, and she's the one who actually began to bring attention to what was happening there in Flint, Michigan. For So all those folks who are out there saying, I'm busy, um, my voice doesn't matter, I'm just one person, you can use Leanne as an example right. of what can happen when we get engaged in the process and when we start to share you notice she noticed that there was cloudy and brown water coming out of the pipes and she noticed that her kids were getting rashes and other types of issues were going on and she said hold up this is not right and we've got to do something so she actually began uh, early on with some of the analysis of the water and pulling people together and making sure they were moving forward with water testing so one person can make a difference That's right but all of us together can actually make the change that's necessary necessary to hold people accountable uh, and to get our country moving in the right direction. So shout out to Leanne uh, Walters for all the incredible work that you're doing and all the other winners uh, of the Goldman Prize. And that kind of ties also in Rev to the Boot Pruitt campaign. For those of you who are in the D.C. area, you might want to make your way over to the Environmental Protection Agency tomorrow because there will be a huge rally. Reverend Yearwood and others will be there, a number of leaders. First, for folks who don't know, tell them who Pruitt is. Who, oh, yes. And, and, and why I got to get the boot? <laughs> Scott Pruitt. Scott Pruitt, we are calling your name, brother, because you are the administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency, and that means you have a distinct responsibility for protecting the environment and public health of our country. And unfortunately, you have not been able to live up to that job description. So folks are saying that you need to go. 
So the Boot Pruitt campaign is focused on making sure that those folks who are not doing their job right, and right now we're talking about Scott Pruitt, you have to go, um, and that we want to make sure that there is an administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency who will honor that position and will do the right work. Now, some of the reasons, Rev, that they say that he's not the right person. We can talk about the $50 condo on Capitol Hill. That's a heck of a deal if you can get it. But we also know that there's some ethical considerations in that space when you do that. We can talk about the hundreds of thousands of dollars that have went to travel all around the country and all around the world uh, that, again, raises some serious ethical considerations. But we want to get to we're going to move past the, the secret phone booths, you know, like a 1960 or 1970s sort of uh, sitcom where, you know, you come into the bu that bubble and so nobody can hear what you're saying except for, you know, other high-ranking officials. We're going to move past all that. Let's get to what this is really about. This is about you not utilizing the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, RICRA, all these acts that were put in place to protect our communities, and you not utilizing those to better protect the health uh, of individuals inside of our country, not making sure that our young people have an honest uh, opportunity to be able to move forward with their lives. So we are saying that, Mr. Scott Pruitt, it's time for you to go, and so are hundreds of folks on Capitol Hill. Both Democrats and Republicans are saying that you are not living up to your responsibilities and that you have to go. So we want to thank all those organizations who continue to be engaged in this. And everybody, come on out to EPA tomorrow to share with folks uh, your expectations. We want to thank, uh, you know, the Federation of Government Employees. We want to thank, of course, the Hip Hop Caucus, Sierra Club, Moms Clean Air Force, Green Latinos, and so many others who will be at the Federal Triangle at 12th and Pennsylvania at noon tomorrow. That's right. And I just want to just, again, say this, um, because there's a lot of pipeline fights going on. And I know folks listen to this show, the coolest show on climate change. Think 100%. And you may say, man, those folks there on that uh, liberal agenda, and they just over there just talking about, you know, what's going on with the environment. Let me be very clear to you, if you're listening that right now I will be out there tomorrow to say boot Pruitt and back when it was trying to stop the Keystone XL pipeline, I was out front the White House with, with my dear brother who's now departed, Julian Bond. We got arrested and that was President Obama. So for, again, for those who are listening, climate change is not about Republican or Democrat. Clean air or clean water should not be about rich people or poor people. Clean air and clean water is a civil rights issue. Everybody deserves clean air and clean water. I don't care if you live in, you know, if you're here in, in the D.C. area, you live in Potomac or you live in Southeast. If you're in Compton or you're in Beverly Hills, if you're in San Fran or you in, in Oakland, it it does not matter. You deserve clean air and clean water, and we can do something about that. And one of the things we could do is the transition from fossil fuels to clean energies and stop putting our money into pipelines. And so shout out right now to all the folks who are, man, fighting against the pipelines from the Atlantic Coast pipelines, the kingdom here in, in, in the DMV area. Um, you know, there's folks who are literally, as we're talking here, there are folks who are sitting in treetops on their 
their own property, trying to stop pipelines. Grandmothers who are in like 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 tree houses, and they won't even let the grandmas get food right now because they're fighting those pipelines. Folks in Canada with the Kinder Morgan pipeline. So all over this world, down in Louisiana, um, all over this country, um, you know, and all over this world, people are standing up. Um, in some cases, paying with their lives, like Berta Caceres and so many others who are literally standing up for the next generation. So shout out to all those things in that regard. So, you know, right now, I want, I want to move forward. We got, we got, we got somebody who I'm, is very special to me uh, uh, in, in the studio. Uh, this Saturday, there will be over 35,000 people will be in attendance for the 6th Annual Broccoli Sale. That's right. You gotta, say that again. Uh, I want to say, I, I, I didn't say 13, I didn't say 5, I didn't say 35. I said 35,000 people <laughs> will be, probably much more probably outside the gates, and, you know, trying to get in to, the, to it, will be here for the 6th Annual Broccoli City Music Festival taking place in Washington, D.C., featuring performance by some of the biggest names in hip-hop, including Cardi B, the Migos, and Miguel. Now, for those who don't know, Broccoli City is much more than just a concert. It's a social enterprise that roots itself in a triple bottom-line strategy that focuses on people, planet, and profit with a mission of making people more active participants in their community. So sharing the common goal of making these communities stronger and empowering young people, um, you know, Hip Hop Caucus and Broccoli City are teaming up to do some great things. We'll get into that. But without further ado, uh, you know, I want to say this brother here who is, you know, I got to say this too, Mustafa. You know, I, I got a lot, of, a lot of folks from Howard on the show. You know what I mean? Uh, I see. We, we, you know, a lot of good folks. Had Gilbert, had Gilbert here from Howard. You had, got a lot of good folks. Howard got something. Howard got something in the water, too. That's good water. I hope, I hope he is <laughs> I don't know. We protested a couple weeks ago. We gotta fix that up. But we got we got some good things going on here. But from the Bay, straight out from the Bay, man, my dear brother Daryl Perkins, the director of Impact and co-founder of Broccoli City, is in the studio. Daryl, D. Perk, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. I got me hyped up sitting here listening. To I'm ready to rock. What are we doing? Well, well, let's let's get it. Let's get it. Tell us about what is. Bro I, I get a little. I give a little background. Tell, tell the folks what is Broccoli City, and also what is. Broccoli City Fest. Sure. Well, you know, I'll start, actually start from the beginning because um, Rev and the Hip Hop Caucus was actually, there would be no Broccoli City, Broccoli City Festival without the Hip Hop Caucus. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if you remember this, but when we were doing Green and Block events uh, in 2010, we were doing Earth Day events all around the country. Yep. Mm -hmm. And our, the flagship, one of our flagship events was in Los Angeles. Um, and it was uh, it was a block party. It's called the Global Cooling, and that's I, right. that was one of ours. And Dom Kennedy headlined, and Kendrick Lamar was on early in the day. Nobody knew who Kendrick was at the time. Mm. Come on now. That's how I met my Broccoli City partners. Um, and then a couple years in 2012, we started uh, the the festival to celebrate Earth Day to, to gather people. But really, even larger than the festival, which has got gotten out ahead of us and is, is is you know has grown. It's always been about how we shifting culture towards health and wellness. That's right. How are we shifting culture, and making that the cool thing to do. We told we want we on the coolest environmental show That's right, right. Now. come on. Yeah, you know I mean, so we, how are we looking to really shift that culture? Um, and so make it cool to be active. Make it cool to be engaged. Make it sexy to be healthy. And really get folks, and so, so it becomes a part of us from a young age. It's something that we do. You know what I mean? Like, and, I, and again, I, 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 a lot of this to you, Rev, and, and to the caucus, and I give you all the credit, but it's, it's that, same, that same vibe that we, 
that was in the sixties when we was at, when people were active and it was cool to be engaged and have a fro have your fist up. It was cool. So how do we how are we bring that back across the board? Mm. Um, so, I mean, we, we do a lot of work. We have the festival. We do work throughout the year um, in the communities doing doing work. I think you've had Ronnie on from the Green Scheme. We're going to That's have right. him on coming up. Yep. Um, but we do a lot of work with them with Code Green. And so doing programs to get environmentalists young by getting their hands dirty. I think one of the right. most amazing things when we talk about, obviously, we look at our communities, the issues, whether it be hypertension, diabetes, and, and food-related issues, um, and, and food deserts in particular. But we start... But also know what a food desert is. Tell them what that is. For sure. For Folks that don't have access, they don't have access to uh, healthy food. So they don't have access to fresh foods. It takes, you know, it might take a mother hour to get to a good grocery store. Even if there is a grocery store, just the options are trash. Mm. Um, so how are we making turning food deserts into food oasis by not only growing our own food but making sure that there is access to healthy, good foods? But along the same line, which direct directly links to the environment, is it's crazy when you see when you start growing food. So we'll do community gardens in in, in, in these food deserts in the hood. And when when a youngin is getting their hands dirty and they're thinking about the soil, they're thinking about the water. You almost are organically creating environment environmentalists because they're thinking about it in a, in a real, in a very right. real way. You thinking my water ain't good. I got lead in my soil. I can't. So you you thinking about these things. You thinking about the sun. So it makes you look at things a little bit differently. And then when you're able to then to eat something that you grow, mm. I mean that's powerful. I mean that's powerful for a youngin. But but you can see that process and it really teaches that process. So I like to title those 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 things together. And then and then, and we talked about triple bottom line. So people. Play and profit, and also that you have a good. So whether whether you're trading with you what you grew, or whether you're eating it yourself, whether you're taking it home to your family, it's something that you that you have. Mm-hmm. And so just how we spreading this out, man. We gotta get this out and get you know get folks active. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, we we probably got a lot of youngins who's listening to the show as well, along with others who are. Hold on, hold on, you said youngin. I said youngin. <laughs> I've been in DC for a while now. <laughs> Come on, now. I like it. This is <laughs> right, and everybody know I'm repping Ward Seven and Ward Eight. For y'all who don't know what's happening for West Virginia, y'all. So it's, that, that's a big moment right here. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But, yo, um, so, Daryl, I'm just interested, you know, in getting Broccoli City started in the beginning. Can you talk a little bit for folks about what went into that? And, and you know, because there may be others who are thinking about, you know, I'd like to do something similar someday. For sure. Um I mean, we we my partners and I we'd had uh, I mean experience doing events. I mean, I'd done bus tours with the caucus, done respect my vote, um, gather large amounts of people. Um, so and we had some experience doing that. Um, but we just again we wanted to get people active around Earth Day, getting them active thinking about the environment. Mm-hmm. And so our first year we did it. We had about. Um, about 2,500, 3,000 people. Uh, yeah, about 20, I think between 2,500, 3,000 people was over by uh, the Nat Stadium at Half Street Fairgrounds. And I remember, you know, that first day, like, damn, how are we going to pack this space out? You know, and, and uh, to be six years later and have 30,000 people is, you know, I'm, it's, it's humbling for sure. But in terms of the process, it was, well, I think it was, we've been good just being able to identify talent um, in terms of folks that are going to gather people so i mean at the first year it was we had big crit was our was our headliner that that year and and i think another thing that i p- think people are really drawn to is that 
people, millennials in particular, I think we're drawn to things when they we feel like there is a, a message behind it. There is a, some the impact behind it. Right. Like I'm, I'd rather support something if I know they're doing something good for the community, and I know they're doing something good for the greater good, versus just somebody that's not doing anything. So, And it's it really what they're doing, not just talking about really doing it. And so I think it's important as folks are doing things, not just to do an event to do an event, but how are you doing something that, that's actually going to have an impact? You're, you're gonna, then you're really building community that's going to that's gonna continue to build with you. That's real community because it matters. You know what I mean? Like what you're doing matters. Not only are we gonna, you know, have fun, but we're also gonna go do work and get active together. I mean, at the at the you know at the festival, a lot of folks have done our, our volunteer program together, and they've seen each other. We had a 5K last week, so they may have seen each other in other positive spaces, and they may then see them again on Saturday right. and celebrate. So, so there. Are, and I, first of all, for those who are just tuning in, you were tuning in to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. Um, we have in the studio with us my dear brother, uh, Daryl Perkins, who is the director of Impact and the co-founder of Broccoli City. Um, I, I just want to say this. Um, he, we mentioned Ronnie from the Green Scheme and others. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little older uh, in the movement, and one of the things that I had to do back in the day was make a decision um, and that was now. This is actually this is now. This is no shots fired. But please don't. When I say this is rare shots, but this is just me saying it. That um, you know, I was told back then that it's more important to build stronger institutions than it is to build stronger. Just have individuals. And so, I say that now because I look across this table and I see Daryl here, and it's just a blessing. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's so many stories. I remember a time when me and Daryl, I think, was gonna make it with a flight when we went to Arkansas. Remember oh, saying with Bobby Valentino, <laughs> and we, man, we you know we think that plane was gonna make it. And then we got there to the school. It was like, was that was just a wild, just a wild scene. And I mean, there's countless stories like that. We are gonna probably get to a couple of them here about you know from my vote. This is actually 10 years. We actually have a huge announcement coming up. Well, actually, I'm gonna say it now. Let me go ahead and just say that. Let me just say that now with one of the things. So, this is the 10 year anniversary of uh, Respect My Vote. For those who don't know, Respect My Vote is a campaign of the Hip Hop Caucus. Um, getting out to vote is one of the most, it is one of the most successful voting campaigns. Uh, we have we have literally it's award winning from our own from our peers, like from those from from Diddy to Russell and others. It is it is it has broken records as far as one day getting out to vote. It has has done something amazing things from stopping folks from from voter for, for voter protection um, definitely getting out you know making sure that people as far as uh, returning citizens uh, for incarcerated individuals so that spent my vote campaign you can go there find more spent my vote.com with that being said though is that we have always this it is the most successful voting campaign for hip-hop period nothing like it and as Daryl mentioned that, you know, Daryl was with, with, with us on one of those. And Daryl actually took, we found out, long story short, you gotta, we got to have some more time for the conversation. But we found out, remember, T.I. could vote. Remember that? Yeah. We, 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 so, folks, the, the, the quick version is that T.I. was a spokesman, the first spokesman first spokesperson for the campaign back in 2008 and a lot of folks didn't want T.I. A lot of folks who were, you know, were from organizations didn't want T.I. They said, man, how are you going to have somebody who's going to be going to prison? They were like, man, you know, this is the thing. We want people who are who are who, who clearly want our community to do better. Nobody, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. And so Ti wanted to be a, a part of the campaign. We we called Ti. We said we said Tip, man, we want you to, to lead this campaign.
campaign, and Tip was like, man, I can't leave my house right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so we said, we're going to figure that out. He actually was he was motivated. We launched. I never hit the 930 Club. Mm-hmm. Um, he came. And then when we found out, we didn't think he could vote. That's why it's so important to know legislation. And so it was a thing in Georgia where if you're not incarcerated at the time, you can vote. We were actually, I think we were like maybe in North Carolina, maybe. And we actually then took the bus, shot down to, to Georgia, and Daryl was there uh, with with Tip. Tell me tell, tell what that moment was like for you when you, because you were a part of hip-hop history down here, Daryl. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. I, tell, I, him, tell me what that felt like for you, taking T.I. to vote, thinking that he couldn't vote. No, nah, it, was, it was incredible. And even before that, I remember... Um, just in terms of we called every artist that we know we had this long list of contacts and Rev just had me call everybody I'm just calling I might have made 500 phone calls nobody hitting us back and I remember Hannah Kang who was his yep. manager at that, and she called back and he was like T.I. is really interested in this and that and, and he literally had just gotten out of jail like literally just gotten out of jail yep. and so it made so much sense and yeah so he became the spokesperson and, and I remember the moment we found out he could vote and how empowering it was for him but that, that he's not obviously he's not alone in that mm-hmm. that you know there's so That's many right. brothers and sisters that have been incarcerated that don't know whether they can vote or not mm-hmm. and and there's enough people that can shift elections because i mean it's the it's obviously the major you know it's, it's, it's virginia it's the florida it's the georgia it's the the major voting swing states where they have these difficult laws to get people to uh to be able to vote again that have been incarcerated so i remember we, we took the bus we shot back up to uh to atlanta it was a, it was cold and we went to pick them <laughs> up at his crib um and we took him to to go vote and it was just i mean it was just an amazing moment because it was actually somebody being empowered at that moment like to really empower somebody and, and be enfranchised was, uh, was 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 super powerful and, and so with that we are this weekend gonna be getting out to vote in that same spirit the my vote campaign turns 10 as i mentioned before and we'll be on site at the festival empowering young people by registering them to vote and ensuring that they are prepared to show up at the ballot box so if you are going out this if you haven't registered to vote and you are going to the fest make sure you i can't remember better i can't remember nothing better to get registered to vote and have a good time at the same time no we're definitely going to do all of that and above and even beyond that it's continue after the festivals continue to be to work together and be engaged and and, and use whatever resource we can and pushing people to to register to vote and, and get active i mean that's just it's all about getting active well daryl i know there's a buzz all across the city about the festival <laughs> but for maybe those three or four people who have not heard can you sort of just lay it down for folks uh you know who's going to be on uh and and what they can expect sure uh, I mean, so the concept of it, well, I'll give you the lineup. So, yeah, yeah, we have Cardi B, we have Migos, we have Miguel, Nipsey Hussle, Her, Daniel Caesar, uh, Rich the Kid, Light Show from here in D.C., Hood Celebrity. So we have a, a, a really good lineup. I'm really excited about the lineup. But really on site is, is almost how are we creating a little mini broccoli city. So you have your you have your, your good food options. You got your food options. You obviously have your music and entertainment. You know we have activations of folks that are doing 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 good work around in the community around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We have one of our partners this year is Toyota Green, um, who's doing who has a, a whole campaign around their their vehicles and with their their renewable vehicles. Um, and so we have just a number of folks that are uh, we're working with MLB that's that's getting folks active in different ways and 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 playing baseball. And so we have we'll have so just it'll be fun. If you get information, you're gonna have fun. You're gonna be able to eat some good food. You're gonna be able to meet good people. It just really build you know come together as a as a big old thirty five thousand person community real quick <laughs> and meet somebody hopefully that you've even met before again doing work you know whether volunteering building a guard doing a community cleanup registering people to vote you know what i mean so hopefully we've we've already created those relationships and more relationships are continuing to be cre- created uh post festival so Dale, I, I know first of all for those who know you're listening to i think 100 the coolest show on climate change we have daryl perkins here from broccoli city talking about the big festival this weekend but more importantly what we're doing with that as far as getting out to vote this weekend which put my vote campaign and all the other things Tell us about some of the other community partners. I know you got us a whole gaggle of some of the community partners who will be part of this weekend's activities. For sure. So uh, we're dreaming out loud. Um, who's doing it? We actually have an event tomorrow at Kelly Miller Farms, which they've uh, they built a two-acre um, plot of farms that they're, they're building here in D.C. Um, Casey Trees, obviously the, the caucus, um, uh, the Green Scheme, and one of their programs they have called the Corner Waters, where we have young brothers and sisters that are bottling water. Um, and they're, they're using that, doing infused water and selling that. So instead of selling each other other things, we sell each other water, making sure to, uh, and getting the government and folks to get contract where they're getting these corner waters. Martha's Table, we've done partnerships. We've been working with Martha's Table and Capital Area Food Bank uh, for the past year uh, on their um, joyful food markets. Uh, we're in, in schools, particularly in food deserts, in wards 7 and 8. Um, we do, uh, once a month, we go to schools, and they're able to almost a mini farmer's market where they're able to get a bag of fresh produce um, free of charge. Just And we, we do cooking demonstrations, how to cook it, um, what to do with what you might do with the food. So, I mean, we just uh, many, many partners. All the, all, all the good stuff. So, 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 so I, I want to, for those who are listening, I want to tell a, a, a good, a funny story. Go ahead. Uh, so. <laughs> I hope it's funny. No, I hope so. Too. You know, it, it is very funny. So as many of you know, uh, Daryl here, first of all, just shout out to Daryl's, the many of us who have amazing parents, shout out to Daryl's parents who are also been in this, in the Bay Area, who've been activists in the Bay Area, um, and so I just want to say that's very important for those who are listening that, you know, if you if you if your child, your son or your daughter, you know, you can have an impact to make sure they could be activists, they could be carrying on that torch. So anyway, so those who don't know, me and me and Daryl go way back, as you can tell, and I'm so happy to hear about Rocky City and Greenskin. These are things that came directly out of the bosom of, of the caucus and this are uh, just flourishing and so many other things, so many other people. But with that being said, there's always been some ups and downs in the process. And what I mean, so what I mean that we had to struggle and figure things out. So there are times when we try to get artists, as Daryl said, you don't always get artists. You don't, you don't always don't get artists to make things happen. Sometimes, it's sometimes, you know, it's not so easy because you're trying to get artists to do things and artists are busy. And so Daryl, uh, uh, for those who don't know, he has a beard now. But one of the things that Daryl, when he was clean seven, used to looks, look a lot like John Legend, right? <laughs> so, 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 so what we, what we would do, uh, we had a scheme. Was this, that was, we would do me, we would put me, on the bus sometimes, right? Say, so, okay, we have nobody. At least think we got reference. At least we got rev. 
And if we need to, we can turn the lights down real low <laughs> and be like, and hey, we got John Legend with us. <laughs> John Legend, say it real fast. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we would actually do like, John Legend is like little brother. To get hit, we would do whatever we needed to do. I'm there, by any means necessary, shout to to T.C. Muhammad and then everybody else, we would, we would do whatever we had to do. So if you think that this has always been easy, try to make it. We would do whatever we got to do to get out there for our people and keep fighting. And that's just one of the little funny stories there, <laughs> what we had to do uh, uh, with Daryl uh, in that in that process. But Daryl, uh, they told me they want to know, tell us more exactly, they want to wear. I know it's sold out. But tell us, people, where it is and any other information that people should know coming to it. Like, you know, should they bring water? Should they, you know, they should carry bottles and, you know, anything like that you want to give people information For on that? For sure, part? yeah. So we'll be at um, the RFK parking lots. Um, you'll see lots of folks out there. But, yeah, we are sold out and there won't be tickets at the door. Go to BroccoliCity.com. That's the handle is BroccoliCity on all social media handles. You can you can find us that way. We're, we're not hard to connect with. We also have uh, our, one of our volunteers tier app we call chip in chipn which is a really easy and fun way to get involved with different tell us more about what that is so that's, that's very important sure so three years ago uh, we did a campaign called the power of one where people were able to earn a ticket to the festival by volunteering super successful we had about 1500 volunteers come out and we're like how can we continue to maintain this energy and continue to mobilize people to these community projects to things that are going on throughout the year and one of you know one of my friends is just literally a genius when it comes to, to technology and, and and an app creator and so we created this social economy chip in based on our volunteering. So basically, you're able to see what's going on in your in your area and volunteer wise. You're able to sign up for it. When you get there, you it geolocates you to make sure that you're there. You're able to check in, and then you start earning chips, which basically you're able to use, and you have an account that you can then use those chips in an online marketplace to get Beast by Dre headphones and pizza, um, you know, Amazon gift cards, wow. everything, things that you just want that you might gas cards, things that you just might want and need anyways um so we're just leveraging different partnerships that we have and, and folks might not have money but they might have time and might might still want to do things or, or have access to things so and also so you also can get uh, access to a lot of different events as well so it's just another way to get people involved with social economy it's just based on based on mobilizing and moving people to things that matter Man, so, man, Daryl, I want to thank you for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Man, you know, I love you, brother. Love you, too. Man, you know, man, I'm so proud of you. So proud of everybody, man, young people. Definitely proud of you and everybody, the whole team at Broccoli City, man. And, you know, this is a critical time for our people to stay active in our democracy, the power of voting. Definitely, one more time for the web, uh, the, the web website for Broccoli City. BroccoliCity.com and Broccoli City across all social media handles. And definitely, if you're voting, go to respect my vote. Com where we can see the power. So Cardi B is performing for the last time uh, before she gives birth mm-hmm. uh, at Broccoli City this weekend. So there's a fun fact, you know, um, last week uh, she said that, you know, FDR helped us uh, get over the depression all while he was in a wheelchair. This man was suffering from poly at the time of his presidency, and yet all he was worried about was trying to make America great. Make America great again for real. He's the real make America great again. <laughs> um, because if it wasn't for him, old people wouldn't even get Social Security. Uh, shout out Cardi B on that. And I think Bernie actually uh, uh, you know, said that she was right. So Mustafa, 
for this amazing show. Anything you want to close out with? No, nah, just thank you, Daryl, for being here, man. Just incredible work you're doing. Shout out again to Congresswoman Barragon for the incredible work that she's doing in the hood and on the hill. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Shout out to the Congressman. Thank you. Shout out Broccoli City. Shout out Hip Hop Caucus. We are out of here. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change, a Hip Hop Caucus platform. Let's keep this important dialogue going. Be a part of the conversation by following us on social media at Think100Show and at Hip Hop Caucus. Visit our website at think100.info for blog content, information on upcoming events, or to connect with us. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever podcasts are available so you'll never miss an episode. Rate and review us or simply tell a friend. Climate change impacts all of us. And if we think 100%, we can achieve a 100% sustainable and just world together. Think 100, think 100, think 100, think 100.